Good afternoon and welcome to Live from Size Lounge. My name is Matt Van Winkle with the ISU Alumni Association. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. We're really excited to now bring you these alumni interviews here on Facebook Live. If you've missed any of our conversations from the last two months, you can find all of those right here on our Facebook page. We're able to bring you these Q&As to you each week thanks to the members of the ISU Alumni Association. If you're interested in supporting the association and receiving all the benefits and services of being a member, please visit isualum.org to learn more. Our guest today is Devin O'Brien, a 2013 graduate of Iowa State with a degree in journalism and mass communication with a minor in culinary science. Devin is the senior food editor for Eating Well Magazine located in Shelburne, Vermont. She spends a lot of time in the test kitchen at work developing healthy recipes for eatingwell.com from gluten-free to smoothies, desserts, and cocktails. As a student here at Iowa State, she was editor-in-chief of the award-winning student magazine, Ethos, and co-founder of Ames Eats Flavors, where she wrote about food and nutrition. Hey, Devin. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here today. Well, thanks for joining us. I know you are home right now. Typically, you'd be at Eating Well's Test Kitchen, probably on Facebook Live or creating some kind of recipe, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. So all the test kitchen operations have moved into our own home. So my personal home kitchen has turned into a test kitchen and a video studio. You're currently in my video studio, aka my dining room. <laughs> awesome. Well, you're in your Iowa State attire as well. So yeah. we appreciate that. Cyclones have more fun. That's what it That's says, right. right. Oh, yeah. I don't think anyone can argue with that. Right? No way. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your experience at Iowa State and kind of how it prepared you for where you're at today. As I mentioned earlier, you were a journalism grad, but you also, but I didn't realize you were a minor in culinary science. Yeah. So the journalism program at Iowa State is so cool because they make you choose a niche right from the beginning, which I think is really helpful in like honing your craft and what you want to be reporting on. So when I first got to school, like I knew I wanted to be in journalism, but I didn't have a clear idea of what what branch of that I wanted to be into. Yeah. And it, it quickly became very obvious. Like as I was trying to get my science credits, I had taken a food science class because I thought, yeah. I don't know, that sounded fun. And um, it, it just became clear to me very quickly that that was something I was really interested in and wanted to learn more about just you know, taking culinary science classes, getting to cook every day. And with Meredith being, you know, partnered up with the journalism school and right. having opportunities to get internships there and the apprenticeship program, um, yeah. my like eyes were opened up to this world of food magazines and I just fell in love with it and, and added on that culinary science minor. Very cool. Uh, did you always growing up, did you always like working with food or kind of testing food in the kitchen at all? Yeah, my mom was an amazing cook. So she used to cook all the time. Like we rarely ever ate out. We, you know, had home cooked dinners every night, but she didn't really bake. So I was kind of the baker in the house and I loved to try to come up with my own cookie recipes and like muffins. And I was always in there baking. Um, so I definitely had a love for it. And especially when I was in high school and started to learn how to cook more and my mom and I would cook together and my dad was traveling a lot for work. So we would come up with new recipes when it was just the two of us at home. And yeah, I just always loved being in the kitchen. Yeah. And so as a student too, you were, um, 
you worked with Ethos Magazine. I know you had a lot of uh, interest in publication here, even co-founding that Ames Eats Flavors. What kind of uh, pursued you to want to work with uh, and talk about food and work in publications like that when you were a student here? Yeah, I think with food, it's something that, um, you know, I think a lot of college students don't have a ton of experience with maybe cooking for themselves. And, you know, you think about you, you grow up at home, somebody's cooking for you, and then you go to school and you have all these amazing places to eat on campus. So you're not really cooking for yourself, but, you know, then you go to yeah. your first apartment or you leave school and you're like, I don't really know how to feed myself. So it felt like a really great opportunity to like teach people how easy it is and how you can eat very healthfully by cooking for yourself at home and just like giving people those tools. And I also think food is such a great way to like entertain and create community. You know, that's, we, we all gather around the table, right? So um, it's just like a fun opportunity to teach others that this is something that they can do. It's like super accessible. You mentioned the Meredith apprenticeship program that you were part of at the Greenlee School. Talk about that and your involvement with that when you were a student here. Yeah, so that was really cool. I had actually gotten an internship um, at uh, Meredith at Diabetic Living, which funny enough, uh, Diabetic Living is now located in our offices here in Vermont. Uh, so it's kind of all come full circle. But so Diabetic Living was my first internship opportunity with them. And and while I was doing that internship, I found out that I had gotten the apprenticeship too. So I was going to be able to stay on. So it was really cool. Um, the, the apprenticeship was a little bit more involved than the internship because right. you're there for a full school year. So you do both semesters. Mm -hmm. So I think that was my, I'm trying to remember back now. I think that was my junior year of school. And so I kind of adjusted my class schedule. So I would spend, you know, two or three days in class and then two or three days down at the Meredith offices, which was really cool because it gives you a chance to like, apply everything that you're learning yep. at school in a real world application. And you're also learning things in the office that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily learn at school. So it's just like a, a really great way to like marry those two experiences to get like one amazing experience. It is kind of cool to have such a big magazine like or Meredith, like a publication like Meredith right down the street from us here at Iowa State. It's a really nice resource. I'm, I'm guessing that experience, too, kind of led you to getting your job where you're at today at Eating Well. Talk about how you ended up there. Yeah, so I had actually so I worked three different jobs at Meredith through college. So I started a diabetic living and then I did the apprenticeship that was at Craft Food and Family, Craft with a K. So it was part of like a licensing project that actually doesn't exist anymore, at least not through Meredith. And then um, I ended up at Midwest Living for my last year of school. And after that, I, I couldn't find a full-time job. So I kind of switched switched professions, I guess. I was still working in magazines, but a totally different thing. I was working for the Paralyzed Veterans of America and working in wheelchair sports and, you know, uh, spinal cord injury, research, medical health, all that kind of thing, which was amazing. But I still missed that food, you know, the thing that I really wanted to do. Um, so I talked to some of my connections at Meredith and they told me, you know, well, there's this magazine, it's based in Vermont. And I remember Eating Well was bought by Meredith, I think when I was still with the company in 2012. And um, they were this like independent publication that was located in Vermont. And Meredith bought them and now they were trying to expand operations and they were going to add a website team and 
um, they needed a food editor. So I applied for the job and without ever having been to Vermont, like Vermont was not on my radar. I knew it was a state, but I, that's all I knew about it. <laughs> um, I moved to Vermont and I took the job and it's been really great. And yeah, it's funny. I work for Meredith again. Like I still have my same employee ID number. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> cool. yeah, and like a lot of the people here, you know, they, they weren't bought by Meredith until 2012. So I've actually worked for Meredith longer than a lot of the people who are here. So we're getting a lot of people leaving comments about missing you in Arizona, Trudy and, Tim, and Timmy. So I know you, you were part of the, uh, the club out there in Phoenix, right? Yeah, that was so cool. It was it was such a great way to meet people, first of all, because kind of the same thing with Arizona. When I moved to Arizona, I had never been to Arizona. I didn't know anything about Arizona. I just went. And I like immediately reached out to the Iowa State Alumni Club. Connor, my brother Connor actually connected me with Timmy because Connor and Timmy went to Iowa State the same years. So um, I reached out to them and, you know, I moved there, I think in the summer or the fall, like right when football was starting and got to go to all the game watches and met so many people. It was just such a great community and that great way to meet people and feel really at home in a new state. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't have that here. There is not an alumni club and I had reached out to the association. Um, and there's just not enough of us out here. I did have a really crazy experience where I was at a Christmas party once. I think this was maybe my second Christmas living in Vermont. And I ran into two Iowa State alumni wow. at the party. And I think we were the only three people probably in the whole state who went to Iowa State, but there they were. Um, both of them were moving. So I was never going to see them again, but it was cool mm -hmm. to see them that one time. Isn't it fun when you're out like at a random place and you see somebody wearing an Iowa State shirt or you get to talking with, oh, so-and-so went to Iowa State. My cousin went to Iowa State. Yeah. With it was, the five it was just like, separation. yeah. And it just makes yeah. you feel so good. You know, like someone who gets me yeah. and knows where I came from. Right. So let's talk a little bit more about eating well, um, and kind of your, your values and your mission with, with the publication there. I know you guys do a little bit more, um, healthy ingredients and healthy recipes. Talk about that. Yeah. So we kind of stand on three pillars and one of them is the healthy eating, you know, easy recipes, healthy recipes. We have nutrition standards that we set for all of our recipes. So goals we're trying to hit and limits we're trying to avoid. So, you know, added sugars is something we try to keep low and sodium is something we try to keep low, but, you know, we try to make sure we're getting enough fiber, protein, those kinds of things in our recipes. So nutrition is a big one. And then we also talk a lot about sustainability. So obviously sustainability is something that really affects food and how you're eating really affects sustainability. So we talk a lot about that, um, new research, you know, new products we're finding. Um, so sustainability. And then the other thing we talk a lot about is food origin. So where your food is coming from, and that can be in terms of farming, like where is your food coming from? Where is it being grown? Where is it being processed or culturally? So, you know, where does this food originate? Like introducing our readers to new cultures they might not be familiar familiar with and the food from those cultures. So those are kind of the main areas that we focus on. I personally focus on two sections in our magazine. So the dinner tonight section and the good food fast section. And those are really all about like super achievable ways to eat yeah. healthfully. 
So in dinner tonight, we give you quick, easy recipes that you can make on a weeknight. And we try to keep them to 10 ingredients or less. We try to keep them to under an hour. And we have sections that are even shorter. So we have a section that's, you know, just for 20-minute meals. So things that you can get on the table super fast. And then the good food fast section is more about products you can buy. So things in the store that will help you eat really quickly or eat on the go and still make healthy choices. I bet you guys have seen a lot of people come into your site and asking you guys about recipes because so many people have been cooking at home recently, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So um, I sit in a couple meetings every month just to let us know like where things are at with the whole company. And mm-hmm. um, we also, Meredith also owns all recipes and all recipes site traffic has been higher than it ever has. Um through this season of COVID, it has been higher than holiday season, which for them is a really big deal. Like that's where they see their highest numbers is around the holidays. Yeah. Um, and Eating Well has experienced a lot of additional um, page views as well. Cool. So when you're when you're going through you know, the values, the core mission of Eating Well, you think about creating new recipes. How do you kind of come about creating those recipes? Do you, I mean, you must do it like you work in the test kitchen. I'm guessing you try a lot of things. It's trial and error maybe, or how do you kind of come up with these new recipes? Yeah. So we actually have like kind of two separate processes. So I've worked for digital and I work for the print magazine now, but when I worked on digital, the decision-making process is really driven by search engine optimization. So what are people searching for? And do we have that on our site? Uh, And then also driven by trends, which is what I'm working on more now with my video series on Instagram. It's called Taste the Trend. So that's focusing more on like, what is blowing up right now? Like, what is everyone doing? Everyone trying? Like, what's the new hot thing? And then in the magazine, we focus more on just like, what do we think is inspiring? And like, what do we want to put out there? Like, what can we teach someone, you know? So that's kind of how we make our decisions. And then in terms of developing them for certain things, sometimes it will be assigned out to a contributor. It's like our feature stories. Usually those recipes are developed um, by a contributor. So that's, you know, when, for instance, when we're talking about like those cultural origin stories, we would have somebody who is equipped to make those recipes, develop that recipe. And then we take them in the test kitchen. We just test them to make sure it works. But for my section for dinner tonight, we are developing all those recipes in house. So, so there's like these two different processes. If you're testing a recipe from a contributor, we make sure to always test everything on gas and electric. So our test kitchen has four bays and there's four of us testers that work in there. So we each have our own bay. My bay has all electric equipment and our stoves and ovens are based on what people are buying. So top sellers on the market. Um, that way we know what we're using is you'll likely have something very similar at home. Mm -hmm. So we test everything on electric and gas. So I'll test it on electric and if everything works then, and we all liked it and you know, we don't need any changes, then I'll hand it off to somebody who works at a bay with gas and then they'll test it on the gas equipment. So you'll see in our recipes, we have like timing ranges for everything. And that's based on which one you have. So electric tends to cook faster and gas is a little slower. So we get those ranges. And then of course we also analyze the recipes. So we have an RD on staff, our test kitchen manager, Brianna Colleen, she runs everything through a program called ESHA. So we get, you know, we have all the nutrition facts on it and then we'll look at it and say like, Ooh, 
this is actually too high in sodium. We need to, we need to take it back. How can we do that? What, what should we do here? Got so, it. cool. Yeah. We have a question that came in. What is your favorite recipe ever? If you can even choose one. Oh man. Yeah, that's really tough. Um, favorite recipe ever. So I have two eating well recipes that are kind of my go-tos for weeknight dinners. So, um, I love chicken thighs. So if I'm going to make chicken thighs, we have a recipe online and I can't remember exactly what it's called right now, but it's a sheet pan dinner with chicken thighs and Brussels sprouts. And you make like a garlic paste that you mix Mm -hmm. with smoked paprika and you rub it all over the chicken thighs and you're just roasting your Brussels sprouts on the same pan. So I make Mm -hmm. that one for dinner a lot. And then the other one I make for dinner a lot is a, um, Dijon salmon with a green bean rice pilaf. And again, it's just like a super easy recipe. You, you know, put your salmon in the oven with this delicious Dijon sauce on top. And then meanwhile, you're making your rice and your green beans with like a little lemon in there. And it's just like really fresh and nice, good, easy dinners. It's, it's, I'm guessing it's probably a lot of fun to, to work in a test kitchen and make these recipes all day. And as you're working from home now, you probably spend a lot of time in the kitchen and coming up with new things and testing out new things. That's got to be pretty fun. Yeah, it's it's definitely a really fun job. And we, yeah, we definitely eat a lot. Um, it's been a little bit harder working from home because you don't have the feedback of other people. Um, like the rest of the testers are always good at helping you really improve your recipes, but uh, we're making it work. <laughs> Trudy says that sounds yummy. So you got somebody Hi, on board. <laughs> so, okay. So you are an expert on all things gluten-free. I know. Um, talk about how that kind of came about and why that is. Yeah. So my freshman year of college at Iowa State, I was getting really sick all the time. I think that's like what I was known for um, in my dorm. Uh, so I finally, I have a lot of people in my family who have celiac disease. So I finally went to the doctor and joined the ranks of my other family members uh, with celiac. So I had to go on a gluten-free diet in my sophomore year of college. And so, yeah, I've I've been eating gluten-free ever since then. And when I was first diagnosed, there weren't a ton of products on the market that were actually good gluten-free replacements. So I've gotten really into um, baking my own stuff. So I bake my own bread. Specifically, I bake sourdough. Um, so gluten-free sourdough bread and, you know, I make a lot of like cookies, muffins, like things like that, that I miss having. I found, I, I like to make them at home and, uh, feel like now, now the, the market is a little bit better for gluten-free products, but back in college, it was, it was rough to find something that was really good. So I just got really into gluten-free baking and making stuff for myself. Yeah, it seems like even in the last few years, things have really shifted into more of a gluten-free. You see a lot more in the store. There's the entire yeah. sections dedicated to gluten-free, right? Yeah, yeah. It's gotten a lot better. And even at restaurants, you know, a lot of people will have gluten-free menus now or at least gluten-free options. So it's gotten it's gotten a lot better over the years. Cool. How is the work that you guys do at Eating Well really making a difference for people as far as their health and uh, living a, a well-balanced life? Yeah, so we get a lot of um, feedback from people who have, you know, medical conditions or just need like dietary restrictions, just need to eat a certain way um, that they've turned to our recipes. Actually, one one thing that always sticks in my mind is Katherine Heigl, the actress. She actually followed our meal plans after she had her children as a way to like 
you know, you lose some of the baby weight and get back to where she was before. And she said like her, that our meal plans just helped make it really easy. So we have a meal plan editor on staff. Her name is Victoria and she does a great job of creating these meal plans for any, you know, any restriction. So whether you have a calorie restriction, a sodium restriction, a carb restriction. So like I said earlier, diabetic living is now in our offices. So they moved here and um, our editor in chief oversees both publications. Um, so, you know, we also have a lot of people who are living with diabetes who turn to us for low carb recipes and, you know, things that they can eat without having to worry about their blood sugar spiking or having any issues with that. So where can people find these recipes and the work that you do for eating well? Yeah, so we are on newsstands now. So Eating Well magazine, you can find in print on newsstands, just like at the checkout of your grocery store, um, or you can order subscription online. Um, but you can also get all of the recipes for free if you just go to eatingwell.com and you can navigate based on you know, meal type, if you're looking for a dinner or a snack or a breakfast, or if you have an ingredient and you're like, oh, I don't know how to use this ingredient. You can look at recipes by ingredient. So there's lots of options on there. Very cool. Well, I knew you came up with kind of a recipe for us, an Iowa State themed recipe. Uh, talk, yeah. about what, talk about what we're going to be looking at or making today. Okay. So we have got this red and yellow um it's a virgin strawberry mango nice check that layered. out layered oh i love it that <laughs> looks so good it's a layered virgin margarita so this one does not have any tequila in it it's just for sipping in the summer during the day when it's hot like it is right now um but yeah we just use frozen strawberries with a little ice, water, lime juice, orange juice that kind of stands in for the triple sec that you would have in a normal margarita, and then some simple syrup. So if you don't know what simple syrup is, it's just a really basic combination of equal parts water and sugar heated to um, dissolve the sugar. So you could use anything. You could use a little agave, or you could even use a little honey if you didn't want to do the simple syrup. Um, but yeah, so we blend the, you know, the strawberry layer first, and then you can blend the mango layer and then just layer them in the glass. And you've got like a really fun Iowa State themed drink. And there's also, there is a version yeah. online for um, a real margarita if you wanted to, you know, make, right. make real margaritas. But either way, these are great for kids. It's kind of like having a smoothie and then yeah. the margarita, maybe you pull out for a tailgate. Yeah, I was going to say, this could really be a good drink for a tailgate, because if you bring along, you know, a blender, I even had, I brought along a little, like, the bullet blender that you could even mm. use, so you don't have to bring the whole thing, but. That's smart. And I think even, too, and I was, when I was at the store looking at mangoes, I mean, if you were looking for something yellow, you could use pineapple, right, or. You could use peaches. Peaches, yeah, anything in that yellow, that yellow fruit consistency, but this is really good. And same with the strawberries, you could switch it out for raspberries, you know, you can use anything anything cardinal and gold and i always like i mean it's almost a smoothie right i mean it's it's essentially yeah. a, a daiquiri but you could probably even add a little bit of yogurt or like oh uh, for sure yeah if you want to have make it, it a little creamy or something yeah yeah our smoothie is something that you guys make a lot of there so i mean it's Pretty easy yeah, so that was these. actually kind of the running joke when I first got hired is that I was <laughs> the digital smoothie editor because we, um, that was like one of our main terms, you know, one of our SEO terms that we were trying to hit and get more traffic on. 
So mm-hmm. when I first got there, I developed, I don't know, like 30 different smoothie recipes. So uh, it's just something that people are always looking for. I think, you know, I personally eat a smoothie almost every day for breakfast. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think a lot of people are looking for new ideas. So we've, we've done a lot of smoothies. We've done a few smoothie videos too. I did like a smoothie Facebook live one. So people yeah. love smoothies. Well, we will put this recipe from eatingwell.com on the comments on this video. So if anyone's looking for it, that's where you can find it. So, so let's take this comment off. Thanks so much again for joining us, Devin. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And hopefully you can make it back to, to campus or back to Ames sometime and check out um, your old stomping grounds, really, I guess. I know it's been a little bit different with everyone being socially distanced right now, but hopefully there's yeah. a time when everyone can get back here and come back to campus and, and enjoy our, our beautiful uh, Iowa State University. Yeah, I would love that. I hope to get back as soon as this whole thing is over. <laughs> absolutely. Well, Devin, thanks again and have a great rest of your day, okay? Thanks, you too. All right, bye. Bye.